Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. The story I want to share with you today is about a client that I worked, gosh, I want to say about five years ago, and I still remember her. It was a very memorable moment because it was an issue that she was grappling with that many, many of my clients have a hard time with, and that was how she viewed herself with her body image. And <laughs> when I tell you, when I looked in her closet before we went shopping, I could see that she was really stuck in a rut. She had not been shopping probably since 1990. Um, and you could tell from the thing, you know, there were still labels hanging from some of those clothes. And I could tell that she really she was almost fearful of not only getting something new, but even seeing herself in something new. And when she finally bit the bullet and hired me, and it took a long time to do that, by the way, and I think a lot of clients, you know, there's usually something that happens in their life where they are pushed over to the edge saying, you know, no more, I really need to, to change. And for her, I think she had gotten a media spot where she needed to dress up on camera and she knew she needed new clothes. So it kind of pushed her into this. So like I said, I went to her closet. We cleared out some stuff. I was teaching her about her body type and what clothes flatter her body type. And before we went shopping, she sat down with me and she said, Kim, I need to tell you something really important. I really am fearful that you're going to change who I am. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, I mean, I like things flowy. I'm more kind of bohemian style. I don't want to look like the cookie cutter LA people. Uh, and more importantly, I have a lot of body shame and I'd like to conceal those areas. And I looked at her and I, I gave her a smile and a wink because so many of my clients, I'd say 99.9% .9 of them, usually say something like that to me. And I said to her, I'm never going to change who you are, but I'm going to help market you in a way so people get to know who you are. And from that moment on, I took her hand and we walked through the department store. And when I go shopping with people, we have this big rack and we reel it around. And I told her, I said, look, we're just playing. I want you to go you know, through the stores, through the brands. I want you to see what you're gravitating towards, what you like, what you don't like. And she's looking at the mannequins and I could see her anxiety level just totally going up, just her body language. And, and she was almost shaking and quivering. And she's like, Kim, I, I don't know. I, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I look at those mannequins, like those, those mannequins, they don't look like me. And I said, because they're not you, and we're going to get clothes that are you. And so I pulled from the, this shelf these skinny pants. Now, mind you, she was wearing pants that were way too big for her. And this is something that I see a lot, especially when people are, you know, self-conscious with their body image and they don't like things, you know, clothes clinging to them. And she was wearing her pants about three sizes too big because in her mind, she was concealing her legs. And moreover, she hated her legs. She also was 4'11", and she wore size 16. So I held up these almost leggings, 
And I said, I want you to try these on. And then I pulled a top that was still flowy, but it was solid in color because she really liked to wear patterns and a little more form fitting to, you know, her silhouette. And she looked at me and she laughed. She's like, Kim, that is an example of something I really can't wear. I said, I know, we're just playing, right? Like, let's just go into the dressing room and see what happens. So we wheel all her clothes in and I really wanted her to try on those pants because I knew that she would see something different. So she didn't want me in the dressing room. She closes the door and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. A couple of minutes go by and I said, are, are you okay? And I just hear a little quivering and I said, can I come in? And she said, come in. <laughs> and I opened the door and she's standing in front of the mirror crying. I said, what's going on? And she said, Kim, that mirror is rigged, right? Like that, that, that mirror is like for a department store. So you'll buy clothes, right? I said, honey, that is not rigged. That's you. You just haven't seen you in a very long time. And she just couldn't believe what she saw. She said, I look skinnier. I, my legs, they look longer. I, I, I can't believe I can wear something like this. And it was from that moment on that she really shifted in the way she viewed her body and then teaching her what clothes flattered her, what clothes to stay away from and keeping her kind of sense of style, the, that bohemian thing that she wanted that was part of her personality, but just updated it. And then also got her ready for media. So, you know, I was teaching her how patterns really widen you and the camera and all that. So it was a real aha moment for her. And, and a moment that I often see with my clients when they're struggling with their body image. You know, there's a couple things that happen. The first is that I, I hear often that, you know, their fear of committing even to getting new clothes because they're always, their objection is, well, I'm waiting to lose weight. And then to even accept and love their body, and that gets extremely hard. And that's really one of the things that I love doing, especially when it comes to clothes. And then helping people with their mind shift and, and getting them a good plan and how to lose weight so they can feel better. But the truth of the matter is I can't do this all alone. <laughs> I always am looking for people, strategic partners to work with, because I always believe, and I say this time and time again, that it takes a village. It really does. And putting together a dream team and anyone listening out there who you're thinking about any aspect of your life, solicit all the people you can. And, that, and the person that I solicit often and who I love, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today is a friend of mine, and we also, I've been on her podcast, which is amazing, and I'm sure she'll tell you about it. She is an empowerment strategist. I love that. And the host of the Fit to Love podcast show. She's the director of Invisible Fitness. She's an Amazon best-selling author of many, many books, which she'll talk about. She's been featured in so many magazines. My God, Shape, Fitness, Muscle, you name it. She's been all over the place. She's on NBC, CBS, Fox 11, KTLA. 
without further ado, JJ Flazanis. How are you? Good, <laughs> I had to Kim. draw for A. <laughs> I know. I felt like there should be a drum roll. Um, I know. Thanks for having me. Thank oh you. my God. Thanks for being here. And it's even more special because I don't know, I feel like you and I've done a couple podcasts now for a while and it, it's, I seriously, I feel so good to have you on my show and I'm honored. So thank you for, for doing this. Yeah, of course. You were on my show, I think four times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Well, so obviously like, I mean, you're so perfect to talk about the subject about, you know, body image and how we view ourselves and especially with women, because I think often we so focus on what we don't like about our bodies versus what we do. And I know you work with women on that as well, but I, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, to be honest. I know we took an improv class together. We broke all barriers. (laughs) Remember when we took that class? I love it. Yeah. I remember your pink pants and your Uh black shirt that you wore on the night that we did our, our, our performance. Oh, you see, do you see everybody how people remember what you wear? And that's I, hilarious. And I also have a picture. I also have a picture and I also have one of those stupid like sort of photographic <laughs> memories. So yes, you stood out because you had pink pants on. So pink pants and a black. I don't remember what I wore. I'd have to go back and look at the picture, but I remember what you wore. I love that. Well, the pink, yeah, is definitely memorable. And I talk about that all the time, especially when it comes to dating. I tell people we're pink or red because it does get attention and people remember that color. So that's really funny. Well, I, and, but what I was going to say is I don't think I ever heard your true story, like your backstory, how you got into this. I know it's kind of shifted and changed over the years, but I would love to hear more about what inspired you to, to do what you're doing. Yeah, I'll give you the condensed uh, version of the 20-year journey, but the bottom line, and I know we're just talking like girlfriends and it's right. a storytelling kind of thing, but this story is, it can get kind of long. So I'm going to give the highlights. You know, I've always struggled with body weight and body shame because I had hips and boobs faster than every other girl in my class. And I was, <laughs> and I was a cheerleader and in junior high, and I was one of those girls that knew I was never going to be one of the girls standing on someone else's shoulders because I had hips that they could climb on like stairs. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember the formation in cheerleading, but there's a base and I was always the base. And so right. Then you like, you personalize that and then you feel bad because I look different and I'm not the stick skinny girl that everybody else is. I have, I have a, a shape to me. And, and so there were, and then I was doing baton and, and gymnastics and in my, and twirling and dancing and we did competitions and we had to wear these skin tight you know, one piece unitard things. So of course, you know, <laughs> you're, you're smack dab at, okay, here's what you look like. It doesn't matter. Deal with it. And then it's like the comparison deal of you're young and impressionable and you're compa- you're standing in a mirror with 20 girls in a line and you're looking at yourself compared to everybody else. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. get more in your face than that. And when I started in the fitness industry, it was really... It was so I could use my brain, uh, being a performer and a, and, a, and a former actress, singer, dancer, musical theater major, and definitely loved that part of me, that right brain, creative expression part of me. Mm-hmm. There was a part of my brain that I recognized needed to f- like figure things out. I needed to solve problems. And, mm. and so it was, I started to look at what am I going to do for work? I didn't want to wait tables. I didn't, I, even though I did, I didn't want to work in the restaurant industry. I didn't want to do things that didn't involve my brain. I thought, you know what? I want to learn something. And so I went to the gym in college with a friend. We were working retail. We hated retail. Oh, I hated, hated, hated retail. <laughs> you did? Oh my God. It was nothing more tedious. First of all, I'm not the cleanest person in the world. So 
you're not going to come in and see, and you'll see this when you come to my house eventually, that my closet's a bit of a mess. Now I'll do go, I'll go through it and I'll get rid of things every year and I'll take things that I haven't worn in a couple of years and I'll donate them. And I do that, but I'm not, but my closet's full and the, it's not in perfect order. And there's a, a lump of clothes at the end of the bed. And so for me to be extra neat at a, at a store, first of all, and then like the idea of picking up clothes off the floor when people drop them. I, it just did nothing about it. Just retail. nothing about it. Nothing. Was, nothing. Was and you know, and then they expect you to buy all the clothes to keep up to date. Then you don't have any money. It's like, what's the point? I'm supposed to be working to get money. Then you wait to buy the clothes. So well, I could have helped you back then with that. But anyway, I'm sure you could your story. <laughs> I know. This is a long time. This is more than 20 years ago. So yeah. I, I went to the gym. She said to me, let's go to the gym. We get a free membership if we work there. So I went in to work at the front desk and then I saw the trainers and I, and I got the job. I'm very good at multitasking. So I always got mm-hmm. the jobs that put me in charge of everything all at once. And mm-hmm. I happened to notice the female trainers and I thought, wow, well, I want to do that. How do I do that? And so I asked somebody and they gave me the name of a, at the time, personal training test and exam and I took it and, and there you have it. And, and down the line, how that kind of changed was that there's a lot of education out there that's about getting a trainer just certified enough that you don't get sued but you really, it's like a health book, you know, a little bit about a lot of things, but you actually don't know a lot about anything. And mm-hmm. th- today it still exists. There's a lot of personal training certifications that do that. And you can get a personal trainer who's never even stepped foot in the gym and is certified and you're paying the money to try to know something about science. And because I'm that kind of person who's inquisitive and, and wanting to learn and, and do right by myself as well as others, I questioned that. I thought, after I got certified, I walked into the gym, I looked around and I thought, well, hold on a minute. I'm a, today I am a certified personal trainer, yet I don't know how to use a single piece of that equipment on the floor. How oh is that God. possible? That is kind of scary. Thinking well, about it yeah. is. And I hope you are scared and I want everyone to be scared because I want you to understand this, this profession. Don't mm-hmm. assume that people go to like a four-year college about personal training. They don't. And even physical therapists. And I, I, one of my instructors was a physical therapist. He actually started a certification and he was a physical therapist who was also a, a, a bodybuilder and a weightlifter. And he had blown out his own ACL three times on the same leg. And it begged the question, what am I not doing? Or what don't I understand? I went to physical therapy school. Why is this happening to me? So he went back, he took an engineer mind and he started to look at the body and realized that nothing he had learned in physical therapy school actually told him how to build muscle and change his body composition. So his physical therapy background could help someone get out of pain, but Mm -hmm. not go to the next level of releasing weight and, you know, increasing your metabolism and building muscle and going into that kind of sport or even just in that kind of program. So he got real passionate about wanting to teach others what the science of the body was from that sort of engineer, break it down into your structure and then using all the different sciences. And so I was lucky enough to get involved with him and everybody else at that time, because it's since has changed and got, and really went from thinking I wasn't a very smart science person. I was the, I was the art, the creative, the expressionistic, the emotional, mm-hmm. uh, not loving math and science kid, not thinking I was smart, not thinking I got math and science to getting into personal training and then getting it and going, oh my God, I'm smart. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand this. I mm-hmm. can under, I am good at science. I'm good at science when we apply to something I care about. I love that. And so that's how it started. And then the other piece of how we got here was literally, uh, you remember Jack? Yes. Okay. So Jack, 
Jack was our, our uh, improv teacher. And before Jack was our improv teacher, I don't know how far you go back with Jack, but I go pretty far back many, many years when I first had licensed a personal training company in New York that I worked for when I moved here to California and I opened a branch here. And very quickly that deal was not working out for either one of us. And so I needed to rebrand and I needed to go out on my own. So then it became a, well, what's my brand? And I used Jack and Jack is a master at branding. And Mm -hmm. we sat down and we talked about what made me different and what made what I was doing different. And at the time, my focus was really, again, the science piece and looking at joints. Now, here I am. I'm in my early 20s. I'm super passionate about joints because one of my instructors in these certifications was an ex-Mr. Olympian. And these guys are geeks. I mean, you don't, you don't think they are because you see all these muscles and you think they're muscle heads. But when they start teaching you, you're like, holy cow, these guys know their science. He stood up in the front of the room and yelled, I have 11 injuries. Don't do what I did. And that's all I needed to hear. And I was like, yeah, I got it. You can make choices right now to do exercise in, let's just say, okay, there's program A and program B or exercise A and exercise B. Okay, let's just say lunges. You can use lunges to increase your muscle mass in your legs, increase your metabolism and burn fat and gain strength. But you could do lunges in in choice A in this kind of form and you can wreck your joints so you will wear down the meniscus between your knees and you will have pain faster. Or you can do it in the line of B, same exercise, different form, get results, and preserve your joints. Which one would you choose? That is awesome. Because most people think if, they, if I just work harder, that that's going to get me the results. You know, in your mind, psychologically, you think it's A, but it really probably B. Well, but, they, but you can do both of them and, and have the same benefit. It's that one has high risk and one is mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows right. the difference. And so here I am like in my early 20s talking about joints. So back to Jack, I went, I was very passionate. I still am about joint and biomechanics and physics because many trainers don't know about any of that. So, so here I go, cause I'm passionate about this and I'm not just a person who gets by and doing the one certification and then I'm going to make crap up for the rest of my life. Like I actually want to know at every, like what I'm doing and be able to answer all the questions. And when I don't know, I'm going to go learn. I'm going to go find out. So we started off with invisible fitness being the brand and it was really about what was invisible, what you couldn't see, the joints mm-hmm. and the bones and the structure and the, and the sciences, the mechanics and the anatomy and the physiology. And then over the last 15 years, invisible fitness has been a perfect umbrella to deepen and expand what that means. Because of course, when you, when you use the sciences of the body, if your biomechanics, your, bio, uh, your biochemistry even, and your physiology and your anatomy and your physics, and you use all that, there's still places where you go, well, okay, but that didn't fix everybody's problem. So then what's the next question to ask? Well, what else is involved? So then I started to learn about hormones and biochemistry and food and neurotransmitters. And I learned about psychology. And then I learned about how there are people have pain and they get stuck because of more of like, and I know we said mindset and everyone understands mindset, but I'm going to say the more psychological piece and the deeper soul level, spiritual beliefs and emotions and subconscious patterns and, and emotions and energies that we hold in our body. So invisible fitness has allowed me to grow and expand in every way to, to make a complete package where it's everything science and everything emotional, psychological, and spiritual. That I really, really like that, what you just said. And I, and I actually want to talk about you personally too, because so many of my clients, and they realize this, and I have a client actually that I just spoke to yesterday and she said to me point blank, I know that I eat 
when I'm lonely. And I am really, really friggin' lonely. And so she, you know, we were talking about what she could do to fill that void rather and replace that with the need to eat. So it isn't just the exercise. It isn't just the emotional component. It isn't, it's all, it's holistic, but that's why I love you. Cause you know, we, I think, I feel like we speak the same language with that. It's a holistic approach and helping people. But with your personal journey to this, which is really cool how you let, you know, everything kind of led to that. Did you use your own, like this stuff for your own body image as you started growing? Oh, of course. I mean, this, yeah, I mean, this is my journey too. I started out with fitness because I wanted to look better. I had, I was a dancer since I was three. I had strong muscular legs in college. I was dating a gymnast who had a perfectly chiseled and balanced upper and lower body. And here I am, I had skinny stick arms and these like muscular legs. And so I look like a pair. I was out of balance and it was, it was out of balance physically, physique wise. When I saw what gymnastic people were doing, where they were building their upper body and there was more of a body balance in that. It was just that I had never done anything with my upper body. It wasn't that I didn't know. I was just, I was dancing. I was on my legs doing ballet and jazz and tap all the time. And so just naturally, I wasn't even exercising outside of that. It just, mm-hmm. that's how my body developed. So now I'm looking at my body and I'm wanting to balance it. I'm wanting to add upper body strength. And so I don't look so lopsided and, and not that I looked lopsided in a, I was, I didn't like the way I looked. I just saw a, something that I could that I wanted to improve upon because I wanted, because I liked myself, not because I hated myself and I was shaming myself. I mm-hmm. just thought, well, I want to, I want to be more balanced. I like the way that your gymnast bodies look. I want to be more like that. And that's where it came from. And so, but the whole time, I mean, growing up, I mean, I've been on a diet since I was 12. I mean, you know, you do those like binge things when you're with your girlfriends and you're, you know, eating pizza and drinking stupid drinks and then you're, you know, you're starving yourself or you're on a diet or it was like you get programmed in your mind that self-worth piece with how you look. And I, on one level, because you, you don't escape it so easily, but it's such an opportunity to deepen your own respect of your body and yourself. And so from the beginning, I've never been a part of the fitness industry's mentality in terms of shaming people for how they look or not following the directions or not being whatever, whatever people think trainers do in terms of like they yell at you for not, it's not the things you see on TV. I mean, yes, that happens, <laughs> but, that's never, but that's never been me. And it's never felt right ever to focus on that. Because while I didn't know how to articulate it and I wasn't aware of the pieces that, that made the whole, over time, I've just naturally, intuitively got that it's deeper than that. Even the question of, well, why do you want to lose weight? And wh- what, what's the end result? Because if you think losing weight is going to make you happy, it's not. But most people think, well, if I lose weight, I'll like myself. Well, guess what? You can't lose weight until you like yourself because mm-hmm. it won't stick because the choices of taking care of your body and your self-care have to come from a place of love and respect. Otherwise they don't last. So how do you do that? I mean that, and, and I know what you're talking about, but for, for people, like it, it seems almost overwhelming. It's such a big thing. Cause you, you hear this all the time, just self-love and everything will be great. <laughs> you know, what are things that you specifically teach people? Like a, maybe there's an exercise or something to help people with that mindset, that emotional piece that you're talking about? 
Well, first there's to be an awareness of why you're doing what you're doing. So what your habits are, what you choose to eat, if you choose to work out or not, and why, how, like you were talking about the dress, the clothes, with your example at the story at the top of the show, we, we make choices and see her choice, your, your client's choice was that she had body shame that she just wanted to contain. And you gently mm-hmm. asked her to take a different perspective and she took it. And then she had a breakthrough because now she saw herself differently. Same thing with food, exercise, and self-care choices. People get results from diets or from you know, exercise programs that they take on for temporary amounts of time. But you, feel, you can feel the difference when you walk into a gym or when somebody's working out. If, you are, if the mantra and the energy that keeps circulating is, I hate this, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> or, um, or while, I, while I'm not comfortable, I'm doing something good for myself. There's, a, there's an integration that has to happen, again, on all levels, that these choices are conscious, and the choices get made from a place of self-respect and self-care. And it, a lot of it's, a lot of it's you know, per client, it's going to be personalized based on that person, based on their astrology, based on their preferences, based on their body type, based on their schedule, based on their, you know, so there's no like general right off the top. Uh, I do talk about it in one of my previous books, Fit to Love. That is definitely a book that, which is the whole podcast is based on, uh, that that is really getting to the place of exercise and self-care from self-love and not from shame and from, but see, I didn't, the word shame only recently kind of surfaced for me, which is why it made it onto this book, onto the newest book, because body shame, you know, there are people who have what other people would deem as perfect bodies who still have a ton of body shame and who are miserable. And it's, it's, I would just want to connect the dots for people because I've had clients recently in the last year to two years who've been on every single program for years and years and years. They've done like, they call themselves lifers. And it wasn't until they started working with me on a 90 day program through someone else's channel that they were like, oh my God, we do we're, what they expected to calorie count. They expected to have good and bad foods. They expected to be shamed. They expected to do weigh-ins. They expected to be tracking their exercise. And I did none of that. And, and I helped them to realize that their choices were coming from an emotional place. And right. they, before this, they, they honestly would have said, I don't have any emotional issues. <laughs> yeah. have it. This, this is not a, ta- there's nothing emotional about this. Right. Well, and so, yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I mean, I think what you're saying is really true. It, it, it is a mindset shift, but also it's like first having that awareness and then putting people into action and having an experience that's positive. So it keeps you moving. And I think when you do that, your perspective shifts. I mean, like my example, you know, when I was talking about the shopping, I remember this is the, it's the personal journey that I had. You were talking about your hips. It made me think of this when I was young I hated my legs. And I think it's so funny when I think about that because now, fast forward, it's, it's one of my best assets, if you will. Like I love showing it off. I like wearing dresses. You know, I really kind of owned it. But I realized when I thought back, there was an emotional component to it. When I was in fourth grade, people used to call me daddy long legs because my legs grew before my waist. And so I literally, I looked like all legs. And so every time I looked at my legs or I wore shorts and everything, I was having this reaction. But it wasn't until, to your point, was aware of what was going on 
but then shifting that because that was all in my head and that was like gremlins from the past because of the truth of the matter is I really do love my legs, but I had, I had to have that awareness first and then see my legs in a different way, you know? And so that, I love that you said that. Okay. So we talked about body balancing, you know, and strengthening the mindset shift. What about nutrition? Is there any tips that you can give the listeners around that? Because that is a big thing that I hear clients grapple with all the time. Oh, well, I talk about it in the book and one of the first, it's the first secret and it's not necessarily nutrition centered, it's digestion centered because your gut Mm. makes up 70% of your immunity and it also affects your mood and can help one feel better. It also creates, like there are biochemical cravings, there are foods that you eat that cause cravings that make it look like you're an emotional eater, that if you remove some of those foods, uh, you may lose those cravings. It's happened to me. It's happened to clients. I had a client years ago. I work in a medical uh, center with a physician and a registered dietitian, and he had seen both of them. And I was his last stop for exercise, but I was curious if they had given him the food sensitivity test. And he said, no. And I said, I want you to go back and get the food sensitivity test because he was eating quote unquote, a lot of diet foods. And when he took the test, all the foods he was eating were foods he was sensitive to. And literally this guy had him, he had himself, he had himself in therapy in five different support groups for emotional (laughs) eating. And then he lost 16 pounds in two weeks because he took out those foods. And he said to me, I don't think I'm an emotional eater anymore because the cravings went away. So there's a biochem, like when people think about food addictions and overeating and emotional eating, there are two parts to that. I've, I think everyone emotional eats because everyone has an addiction. Everyone numbs in some way. And so if you're not somebody who does a so chemical true. addiction, you probably use food. Now, how out of balance it is, is going to depend on how much food you consume, how often you use that as a numbing tool. For people that are really overweight, that's, you know, that's your go-to thing. But if you're thinking it's just emotional, it could also be biochemical. So you take out these foods that help aid digestion, that help you to release inflammation. All of a sudden now you have no cravings, you've lost weight and released weight. And you're like, wow, I'm not, I'm not hungry. I'm not craving that thing anymore. And all of a sudden there's a freedom of understanding nutrition and what it does to your body. So when it comes to nutrition, there are a ton of, there's tons of information and there's tons of different plans. If I had to give any one general tip, it would be a food sensitivity test because it could really, fantastic. I've never heard of that. And in my program and on the book, in the book and on the program, um, that's what I walk you through is how to do an elimination diet. So before you go pay money for a test, you mm-hmm. actually do an elimination diet to uncover how your body responds to certain foods. And then in that three to four weeks that we work, walk through that program, that process, and I only recommend people do it for sure for two full weeks, but I recommend three to four would be more, you know, give you better information and your body can actually release the inflammation and start to heal anything in the gut. Um, but definitely a food elimination diet, food sensitivities are at the top of the list. That is, that is great. Uh, JJ, you just gave just like seriously handful of wisdom in this short amount of time. If you can believe we're, we're almost out of time already, but I'll have to have you back on the show because all those things that you talked about, I, I feel like could be a podcast in itself, you know, looking at these different areas in people's lives and what contributes to the way people view themselves, losing weight, just feeling good overall. All right. I want to just recap the three points that you made. I'll try to do it and definitely chime in if I'm, I'm missing anything. But the first thing was body balance. And you, you actually 
had a, a good little personal story around that. You know, if you feel like there's something that's more developed in your body than other areas, it's just simply adding strength exercises in those other areas to create that balance in your body. Um, the second thing is that mindset shift and that you really have to have an awareness and then put yourself into action to have a different kind of experience. And whether or not that works, that is something that you have to just at least try. And I do this all the time with people. It's funny. I talk to my clients about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, meaning there's some things that we do that we can internally be motivated by, but there's other things that we hate that we need a little help, either a reward or a consequence for ourselves. So it's really playing with that to see if you can start shifting. And the third, which is super, like that's a secret sauce right there, is to first do an elimination diet and see if you remove the food, you can remove the cravings, and then you can do a food sensitivity test. It's that biochemical angle that really not a lot of people talk about. People dive right into the diet, so that's super helpful. Well, JJ, it was awesome having you on. I could go on and on with you. Do you want to talk about where people can find you? And I know you have a cool program that you want to share. Yeah. Uh, so the Invisible Fitness Formula, Five Secrets to Release Weight and Body Shame is the newest book. And it's the one that has these five secrets to releasing weight and body shame. And they, I built a program to go with it because, you know, people buy books and then they read one thing and they get excited about one thing and then they do it and then they put it down. And I'm all about your transformation. I really... I don't want to have this conversation with you for 20 years. <laughs> I want you to like, <laughs> like, I want you to do it, read it, do the program, be different and be on the path to like, you're already happy and you've got it. You have results. You know what you're doing and maybe things come up along the path. That's just life that you know how you're going to deal with it. Cause you understand what it is versus the roller coaster of program after program, because you're not actually getting to the root of any of it. You're just on the surface trying to cut that weed at the top, forgetting you have to pull the root out. So, so the transformation uh, is, is where it's at. And for your listeners, right. I'd love to be able to offer them a special if anyone's interested for the first like 10 people to do the transformation and they can even get some private coaching with me included in that. And so, you know, when, when we're ready, we'll put that up and people can find that information on your podcast page. Definitely. Folks, we'll have that link right on her podcast. So super, super cool. Thank you so much for joining us. Definitely have you back. And all of you, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know what archetype you are, I have this brand new quiz. You guys have to check it out, seltzerstyle.com, to see what kind of dater you are. And stay tuned until next week with more tips and how to look and feel fabulous every day. 